can actually see properly. I don't know why today of all days I feel like I really want to see all the detail of your faces. Um, usually I can see you, but you're a little bit blurry, so just bear that in mind. I'm believing one day, it'd be cool if one day in the middle of my preach he suddenly healed my eyes, and I was like, oh, oh there you are, guys. Uh, but I'm going to put my glasses on today so I can get that now. I don't know why, but I'm going to. Huh? Completes the outfit. Okay, yeah. Doing business today. You ready to do some business today? With your heart, with Jesus? Uh, so 2019, the vision we set at the start of the year. Uh, some of you might not have been here. Uh, some of you were. Who can tell me what the phrase was for our vision for 2019? No, no, no. That's the general vision. Reveal for 2019. Uh, reveal. <laughs> Gave you a clue. Vision for 2019. Revealing the saints. Yay. We remembered. Come on. Woo. Just got to November. Uh, so the vision for this year was revealing the saints. And so far this year, we've been looking at different things, different areas of, of what a saint is like in church life uh, and in general life and, and how they live their life. And uh, a little test for you to see how your memory's doing with what we've done this year. Uh, I'm going to try and go through the months and see if you can remember what our sermon series were and what they were about, okay? So are, you, are your brains switched on? Yeah? Are you with me? Are you awake, alert? Yeah? I'm going to need to hear you because I'm not answering. You're going to answer. All right, so January, I'll let you off. That was revealing... Yeah, okay. Yeah, well done, Ben. One point for Ben. Okay, good, good, good. February, who can remember what that one was? No. No, that's the next one. Uh, the first word of the title was marching. Marching in. And that was about... What did we learn about in marching in? Prayer. Prayer. Maybe I'll do some acting to be like a bit of charades. All right, so we've got February. We're doing great. March, it was... Stop it. You have a zip on your mouth. No. Eden, Eden, education. And what did we learn about? All the kind of icky stuff in ourselves that we need to change for Jesus, basically. Eden, education, that was them. Uh, April should be easy, huh? Prepare. Prepare the way, which was for Easter. Excellent. May, family flag. What did we learn about there? Family. Yeah, good. Well done. Yeah. How to build a godly family? What we want our house of God to look like? What we want the family here to look like? Great. And then May, June. What do we do in June? Yes, and what was the series called? Homesick. What did you say? Heaven sick. <laughs> that works, why not? Homesick, and we learned about all oh, our home is truly in heaven, how we're saints on this earth, but we also belong in heaven as well, what that means for how we live our life here. Uh, July, I'll let you off because that was a bit of a mishmash month. We had a couple guests there. August? No. Return to Splendor. Holly is my A-star student. You are definitely winning so far. Return to Splendor. And what was that about? Worship. Yes. Do you remember? Yes. yes. Great. And that was all about how saints worship, how we come to worship, what that looks like, what that's really, truly about. And September was joy. 
I'm going to send you out. I've had your three warnings. Um, the September was joy. And what was that called? Watergate. Yes, well done, Karen. You got it. And then we learned about how the joy of the Lord is our strength, how we can actually use that to help impact how we live our lives. And we continue to, to spread the gospel and we continue just to keep going when it's tough seasons. Joy is actually how we keep going through those tough times. And October was... <laughs> Who would hate having Jack in his class as a teacher? <laughs> yep, all the teachers, Rosa. <laughs> no, they'd love you. They'd have a soft spot for you. October was money, which was called the land beyond. I actually had a brain blank then, so I was like, please someone say it. I couldn't remember. And we learned all about generosity. We've just done it. And we saw some incredible, we had that incredible moment last week where we actually put into practice, let there be no needy people amongst us as a church. And let me tell you, there have been some really awesome stories from that moment. Uh, someone was able to pay off their overdraft because someone paid, uh, gave them a bit of money and was able to get out of it. People were giving cash, just saying, what do you need? And I love, I love, I love, I love that that is the spirit of generosity that is getting into this church. That is how saints of God are generous. That is how we are generous. So now, well done, guys. Your test is over. You can breathe sigh of relief. Now we are in November. And we're doing this series, All Saints. And this is your chance to just re-look at um, how your year has been in being revealed as a saint. How are you doing with it? Do you feel confident in calling yourself a saint, like Liam said? Can you say that about yourself? Could you say confidently, securely, not worrying, not worrying it's too much or not understanding? Can you say, no, I am a saint of God? And does that make a difference to how you then live your life? Does that make a difference to how you are then strengthened and how you are then sent out into the world? So how are you doing with it? And that's what I want you and could maybe ask and encourage you to do in your private time with Jesus during this month is look back over your year. It's a great opportunity to do it because you're right, life is busy and we move through things. And even like we've gone through, you know, there's no negative thing on you, but we forget what we've done. We forget what we've learned, what we've heard, what God has spoken into us. You know, and that's okay, life is busy, but I think it's important to take stock sometimes, to take a moment and just remember. So look back over your year during this month. Look at what God has done for you. Look at what he's changed in you. Were you worrying more at the beginning of the year and now you're like, oh, actually, I don't worry as much because that's what can happen. You don't actually realize that's happened. You're just living in it. But you don't take a moment to thank God for that he did that in your life. I know I can pinpoint and say this year from January to now, at this point here, I think about myself way less than I did at the start of this year. That's what God has been doing in me this year and I can look back and see it and he's changed that in me. So I encourage you to do that this month of what he has done for you, what he's done in you during this year. But for this preach today, I felt like God uh, led me to one area around this vision we had for, for 2019. And it was to do with our confidence in our identity as a saint. Our identity as a saint. And you may not remember, but when we did this in January, I actually spoke about this as well then. About what it means to have our identity as saint. Like that is now who you are. Once you have given your life to Jesus Christ, your identity is now saint. 
nothing else, saint. That is who you are. To the core of your being, that is who you are. Everything you think, do, um, everything you say is now wrapped up in being a saint of God. When you give your life to Christ, that is what happens. There's no, there's no working towards it. You can't argue your way out of that. You can't think differently. That is what happened. You cross over a line. You are now a saint once you give your life to God. That's it. That's, that's all saint is about. It's not about working hard. It's not about earning the title. It's not about showing up enough. It's not any of that. You give your life to Jesus Christ. You surrender it all to him. You are now a saint of God. That is now your identity. God, I had this question that I, w- I had in my mind as preparing for today, is how secure is your identity as a saint? Really, if it came down to it, how secure is your identity as a saint? Is it secure? Is that enough for you? It's being a saint, that being your identity, is that enough to give you the confidence, to give you the peace, to know you're loved and valued and seen, is being a saint of God enough for you to have as your identity? So I'm going to read uh, just four verses from Colossians chapter 3. And these four verses, this title of this little passage from Paul is called Put on the New Self. And it basically just talks about what happens when you give your life to Jesus, when you become a saint. It doesn't say when you become a saint, this is da 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 but it's talking about the new self, your new identity, what it means when you become a saint of God. So I'm going to read this, um, and then we'll, we'll carry on. So it's Colossians chapter 3, just four little verses, nothing too long for today. Colossians chapter 3, and it says this. I'll stand over here. If then you have been raised with Christ, so if you've given your life to Christ, you've been raised with Christ, Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. (laughs) You have died. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, find that interesting, Christ is your life now. Christ is your life. It is no longer Emily's life. Christ is my life. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I'm going to read that through again for you. If then you have been raised with Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, If you've said, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose again from the grave and I'm going to put my trust in that and I surrender to that and I'm going to give my life to it, you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated. Because you've been raised with Christ, what you seek is now where Christ is. What you seek is no longer where you are. It is where Christ is because you've been raised to where he is. And he is seated at the right hand of God. So set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died. See, this is what happens, like I said, when you become a saint and you come over that line, that old self dies. You have died. 
anything that was before that moment, anything in the future that is, that is not of a saintly character, that has died as well. You have died. Your wants, your desires, your thinking, your opinions, your behavior has died. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is now Christ. It's not hidden in, in what I desire. It's not hidden in what I want to do. It's hidden in what Christ desires and what Christ wants to do. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, I'm going to go back to that passage in a minute. And uh, I'm going to, we'll go up a bit because that like dove in, that's quite intense. You have died. That's, you know, woohoo, encouragement. Let's go. Yeah, motivated. I've died. Uh, and actually, you're going to find out that's really great that, that you have died and, and now your life is hidden in Christ. Uh, but I want us to think about something for a moment. I don't know if you've ever thought about or researched or looked into, uh, but I suddenly, don't know why, but felt inspired to look up what happens. Um, so you always see it, maybe because we've been watching a few action movies recently where they're like, yeah, rescue the president and all this kind of stuff. Like, the, what's it called? White House Down? Yeah, yeah, good film, recommend. Um, uh, maybe because we've been watching that, I was like, wow, he has so much security. And like, I kind of already knew that, but I was like, I wonder like how much really goes into keeping him secure. And so I, I looked up, are you intrigued as to maybe all the things that they might do? Uh, so when a US president uh, visits another place, these are just some of the things that go into his security and keeping him secure. So they have bomb-sniffing dogs check the president's route. So anywhere he's going to go, they walk dogs all the way along it and the side streets that are beside it. That is a big effort. Dogs all the way along it. They clear nearby streets of all parked cars so no one can park there. Uh, they have a backup jet, just in case, you know, the first jet goes wrong. I think some of us would like a backup car, but he's got, you know, a backup jet for just in case that happens. There are literally thousands of people are involved every time he moves. This one person, thousands of people are involved to keep him secure every time that he moves. Uh, so when he goes to somewhere and he stays in a hotel, all hotel employees have to have background checks. So they check everyone. The floor, so the president gets a whole floor. The floor above and below are also cleared out, just in case anyone wants to do something. So they clear out the floor above and below. This, this one got me. So the room, or the suite probably where he's staying, all pictures are taken apart to check that nothing's in them. Uh, bulletproof plastic is put on every window. Uh, they remove all phones and TVs that are already in the room and replace them with their own. Like, what? Can you imagine? That's like so much work. And then this is the final thing I found out. They have, when he moves, he has three security perimeters around him. So he doesn't just have like one group of bodyguards that move around with him. He has three security perimeters. So his outer one is uh, just general, is a uh, police. So that's the first layer of security he has. He then has general secret service agents make up the next layer that is around him. And then last, the last one, which is closest to him, he has the presidential protective division that stays 
right next to the president and stays around him. So he has three separate layers of security that move with him every time he goes somewhere. Like, how crazy is that? All protecting and making sure this one person is secure. That is a lot of effort. That is a lot of time, isn't it, to go through to make sure this one person is secure, to make sure they are kept secure. Now, I think this happens, and you can probably see why this happens, and they go to these lengths, is because they understand the importance of the identity of the person that they're keeping secure. They understand how important it is to keep this person, the identity of this person, they understand how important it is to make sure that it's kept secure. There's an effort gone into to keep that identity safe and secure. And I had this question when I was looking that up, because it's making me think, wow, they go through all this effort, all this, you know, time and to make sure that one person, this one person with this, this identity, this particular identity is kept secure. And I had this question of, do we have the same attitude in keeping our identity as a saint secure? Because your identity as a saint is more precious, more costly than the identity of US president. It is so, it is the most precious treasure you have been given and will be given on this earth that you are a saint and that is now your identity. But how seriously do you take making your identity as a saint secure? You, did you, do you see what I'm getting at here? That they go through all this, this, this effort to make sure that this person with this identity is secure. When we have the most precious best gift of an identity as a saint, yet I can see us disregarding it, not really sewing into it, not really giving time and effort to work out what that looks like, not being grateful for it, not taking that in and letting it change us. We've let the guard down in, in securing our identity as a saint. Can anything or anyone infiltrate to make us insecure in our identity as a saint? And I've allowed myself to do this in the past. I've allowed insecurity to infiltrate my ranks and allow my identity as a saint to no longer be enough for me. It's told me I need more than that to feel okay. Insecurity has told me I need more than that to feel confident, loved, valued, and seen. It's lied to me. It's infiltrated my ranks. I have not protected my identity as a saint enough to let it be enough for me. I became no longer sure that my identity as a saint was all I needed to have confidence, feel loved, valued, seen, and known. I'd also been prideful and self-centered in not seeing my saint identity for the treasure that it is. Please. It cost Jesus to give you this identity. 
It cost him. This is not something to ignore. This is not something to disregard. This is not something to take lightly. This is a treasure that should have way more time and effort put into protecting, keeping secure, making sure it is safely within you at the core of your being, that you are confident in your identity being a saint of God. This is not something to take or leave. And by the way, you can't change it once you've given your life to Christ. It's not like you give your life to Christ, then you go through a boot camp, and then you can take on the identity as a saint. That's it. When you give your life to Christ, identity equals saint. And you can, take, you, you can do nothing with that. You can. You can do nothing with that. But what a waste of time on this earth that would be. To me, it would be a waste if I left that alone and I didn't let that change me. I didn't let that shape me or grow me. You see, I, I think we can all get to this place sometimes where being called a saint and that being our identity no longer becomes enough for us to feel okay about ourselves. We need saint plus recognition from people. We need saint plus compliments from people. We need saint plus your own way still. We need saint plus comfort and an easy life because then I feel okay. We need Saint Plus your own platform because then I know I'm doing something significant. We need Saint Plus keeping your own opinions because then I know what I think. You know, I'm str- I want to keep my own opinions because they're my opinions. They make me feel valuable and like I've got something to say. No, you just need Saint. We need Saint Plus not having to change because that makes us feel okay, doesn't it? When we change, that's uncomfortable. Things in you that are not saintly get pointed out. Newsflash, we are all not perfect. We all have things, we all have things in us that need to change. So let's stop pretending that we don't. Let's stop staying still in our identity as a saint. I see it, we need saint plus something to feel secure. We aren't secure in our identity as saint being all we need, so we look for other things to help us feel better about ourselves. And also when I was thinking about this, because the word saint has interesting connotations in in this culture, in, in where we live, you know. A saint is someone who has, they've achieved it through work. They've achieved it through work. And, and so then for us to then say, well, I'm a saint, and then, but it, it, it's a gift. You did nothing in, in the work of salvation through Jesus Christ to, to create your identity as a saint. And also, to be a saint, there's, there's this attachment to heaven as well. And there, there starts to, to build this mystery around the, the word saint and it being your identity. Do you feel that sometimes? It's like, oh, what, what, what does that mean for me? Like, that, that feels a bit mysterious. I sometimes feel like nothing tangible for me to go, well, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, this is da 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 It's really clear there's, there's like a checklist for who I am as a saint now. Sometimes it, it feels a bit mysterious. Do you, do you get that sometimes when we talk about being a saint? And so I think what happens 
what comes when, when something is mysterious. Because, you know, there are things that are always going to be unknown for us about this saintly identity. Because the fulfillment of it is not going to happen until we go home to Jesus. So there's some mystery. There's some unknown. And I think what happens is because there's mystery and unknown around this, we look for ways that we can control how secure we feel to help us be distracted from the unknown of being a saint. And I wrote this down. I'm going to read it because otherwise I won't phrase it properly. By ignoring the mystery of a heavenly identity and the full security that can be found in submitting to this identity and living this way, you diminish your identity that something, to something that you then try and manage, control, or fix, and you end up guarding a treasure that is, in fact, worthless. <laughs> yeah? By ignoring the mystery of a heavenly identity and the full security that can be found in submitting to this identity and living this way, you actually diminish your identity to something that you then try and manage, control, or fix, and you end up guarding a treasure that is, in fact, worthless. Jesus said this to me, and that punched me in the face when I wrote it down. <laughs> like, that isn't my idea. Instead of realizing how truly wonderful and precious and undeserving the identity of saint is and how that is 100% enough for you to be secure and live in a place of security. Insecurity has ravaged this world. We get insecure if people don't notice us. We get insecure if someone gives us a funny look or says something that we're not sure about. We get insecure if we're not keeping up with our friends. We get insecure if someone maybe ignores us. We get insecure if, if people don't call us out for things and they call someone else out for the same thing that we think we're good at too. We get insecure about our positions we hold in life. We get insecure about bringing something of value to this world. We get insecure about doing something that's significant. We get insecure about so many things. Insecurity has infiltrated the ranks. And I want to call us today to a place of security in your identity being saint. And so that when people disappoint you, when people, because they will give funny looks, they will say funny things. People will do things better than you can. People will achieve more than you can. People will sometimes get more opportunities than you will. That is not a reason to feel insecure. It's not because of who you now are. Because you are now a saint, that is where your security and your identity now lies. And let me tell you, 
that can't be taken away from you. That doesn't depend on man. That doesn't rely on people's compliments, opinions, and noticing and words towards you. That relies on Christ. And let me tell you, Christ is the same to yesterday, today, and forever. And he does not change, and he will not let you down. That is where your identity now lies because you are a saint. And that is 100% security that you can then live in. You don't have to live with insecurity. Has someone told you that? You don't have to live with it. You don't need to feel insecure. Because let me tell you, insecurity isn't hidden in Christ, as we spoke about. It's not. If we're hidden in Christ, insecurity isn't there. Jesus Christ wasn't insecure. We are now, our life is Christ. So whatever he is, we are. You can be free from it, but that's being found in building a security in your identity as saint. Take a deep breath. That was a lot. Feeling the tension maybe a little bit? Like, okay, I've got some stuff to work on. That's good. If you feel convicted or uncomfortable and you're like, why is she saying this is really intense? good. That's exactly where I want you to be. Because that means some things are being pointed out in you, which is a wonderful opportunity for you to experience more of who Christ intended you to be as a saint of God. That's why we come. Don't come to church and leave not changed. We want to come to church and leave different. So returning to Colossians, Wow, what is the time? Is that 12.30? Oh, man, where did the time go? <laughs> it was him. I blame you. <laughs> uh, I have three points, which I do not have the time to go into. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll try. I'll try and I'll whiz. <laughs> and you can ask me more. My point is to, to, to make you start questioning, because I can't do all the work for you in this journey. You must do it with Christ as well. So going back to Colossians in this chapter, there are three things that I believe we can look to, and this, in essence, is to help remind you today, to maybe reinvigorate you about what's happened because you're now a saint, where that's come from, what that means for you, what it means now for your identity, because actually my journey in preparing this, it's reinvigorated me. It's made me grateful all over again my identity as saint. It's made me base my security in it more again. I've, I've guarded it more. I've not let things infiltrate my ranks. I'm like, no, I'm not going to let selfishness in. I'm not going to let jealousy in. I'm not going to let comparison in. I'm not going to let pride in or insecurity. No, I'm secure in being a saint because of what it means for me. And so in this passage, there are three things it says. And firstly, in the first verse, it says that we've been raised with Christ. And I want you to know this word um, raised, I obviously looked it up, what it meant in the original Greek, duh. And uh, there's this idea around um, revive, but there's this great word that it uses, which I'd never heard before. And I was trying to think of a word I could use, because uh, I like all my words start the same letter, and so far the, both of them had had R, and I was like, oh, I really want this to be R as well. And like revive, just oh, I didn't quite cut it, I wanted something that felt a bit more punchy. 
And they use this word, revivified. You've been revivified. It's a legit word. It's what this meant. It means you've been revivified. Say revivified. Revivified. You've got to say it with some passion. You can't just be like, yeah, exactly. You've got to punch the air with it when you say it. You can't just be like, yeah, I've been, you know, revivified. That just sounds weird. You've got to be like, no, I've been revivified. Like, that's what's happened for me in my life. And it means this. It means to restore to life, give new life to, revive or reanimate. How wonderful. That is what's happened. That is what's happened. You've been restored to life. You were once dead, but now you are alive. I'm going to use an example that the now modern day theologian Kanye West used in an interview this week. And uh, he actually said when asked about, you know, how can you say you're now a different person? How can you say that this is now who you are? And he sat there and he replied and I thought, wow, that's taught me a thing. And he said, asleep and awake are two different states of being. Would you agree with that? I was asleep and now I have woken up. And that's totally different. Asleep, now awake. You were once asleep, now Jesus Christ alarm clock has woken you up. And you are revived to life. That is now who you are. You no longer live in the slumber of not knowing what's going on in your life. You live in the alertness and awakeness of being uh, uh, awake to what Christ is doing in your life and who he has made you to be. As a saint, that is now who you are. And I wanted to look at, I'm going to try and do this briefly, actually what Christ did when he was raised to life. Because I think this will help us think about how we're doing in living as a revivified saint. You see, when Christ rose from the grave, firstly, he had to die to get to that point. And we've already established that you have died. So when you become a saint, your old ways of thinking, doing, and acting have died, and you actually need to start thinking that way. Not, I still have an attachment, I've still got issues, I'm still in this mindset. No, you've got to think, I've crossed the line, I'm now in a new state, that thing has died. You've got to start saying that, even if it's prophetically. Even if you don't see it for yourself yet, you've got to start speaking it over yourself. Stop speaking over yourself like you're still the old person. I see that. You're you're still telling yourself, well, I'm this, I struggle with this, I've got this addiction, I'm this, I'm that, I can't do this, I feel this. Stop it. You have been revivified into a new way, into a new thinking. Stop speaking over yourself. You're still the old self. So Jesus first had to die. But then what did he have to do? He had to roll away a stone. He had to move something that was in his way. He had to get something heavy out of the way so that he could walk out that grave. You've got to start rolling away your barriers. You've got to start rolling away the things that are getting in the way of you walking out your life as a saint. What stops you being secure in in your identity as saint, being enough for you? Do you need to start rolling away that pride? 
that pain, that selfishness, that comparison, that doubt, that worry, that attachment to old behaviors, roll them away. They're getting in the way of you living your life out as a saint on this earth. Roll the stone away. Repent of that stuff. It's been dealt with already. It's only you that's keeping the stone there. Jesus has already rolled it. You keep rolling it back. Roll the stone. Roll the stone. Maybe do that to yourself in your private time. I'm rolling the stone. It's not going to get in my way. Repent. Say sorry. Move on. It's done with. It's dealt with. And finally, when Jesus was raised, he actually had to walk out of the grave. You see, he didn't raise from death, take that first breath. I also always wonder what that moment was like. Like, once he was like, oh, what the heck happened? Like, I'm sure he wasn't. He knew what was going on. But, like, I'm like, that must have been such a moment. Like, I just, that's so much mystery. I can't wait to talk to him about when I get to heaven. Like, that's going to be a good combo. But he, he didn't take that first breath and then stay seated. And like, well, this is nice, isn't it? I've defeated death. Go me. I might just stay sat in the grave. It's comfortable here. Some of you have been revived by Jesus, but you're still sat in the grave. You've been woken up, but you're paralyzed. Get out of the grave. I wrote this down as well. The alarm clock of Jesus has woken you up, but you keep pressing snooze on him. Who's doing that in their lives, say? Jesus tapping you, and you're like, snooze. I'm comfortable asleep, thank you very much. I don't have to change anything. I don't have to wake up to what my day has in store for me. I'm good. How long are you going to keep snoozing for? Until heaven comes? Until Jesus takes you home? If you do that, you are going to miss out on what Jesus has for you. Stop pressing snooze on Jesus when he comes to wake you up, when he comes to change something in you, when he comes to challenge something in you. Get out of the grave. Get out of your old life. Stop sitting in where you were before. Just stop it. Move. Move forward. That is no longer who you are. I sometimes have words with myself because I'm like... That thinking does not belong to this new person. That, that comparison, that attitude, that is not who I now am. I tell myself off. Have words with yourself, please. We can't go around, Liam and I as the pastors, and have words with every single one of you each day of your life. Please have words with yourself with Jesus. It's not a judgment. It's not a condemnation. doesn't mean you're not valued. Remember, because your security is completely secure in being a saint. It doesn't diminish you. It doesn't mean you're unloved. It doesn't mean you're insecure. It doesn't mean you have nothing to offer. Admitting your wrongs is a step to freedom. Just do it. Can we stop pretending and having these masks and saying, everything's good. I don't need to change. I've got it down. My opinions are good. No. Get out the grave. 
Stop living in your old self. Right, do these two really quick. Next it says, <laughs> in verse 2, 3, 3. It says this phrase, hidden with Christ. And I just wanted to remind you that because you've been hidden with Christ, your identity has now relocated. So your identity has been revivified. And your identity has now also been relocated. Because you are now hidden with Christ, the place you belong to and where you find security has relocated to Christ in heaven. It has relocated from finding your security in things on this earth, people in this earth, things you do on this earth. It has now relocated to Christ in heaven. And that is secure. Christ in heaven can't be moved out of heaven, can't disappoint you, can't let you down. You can't always build tangible things. But if you start living your life held on to the fact that your identity has relocated to that of one being in heaven, you will have so much more security and peace in your life because you'll stop striving to find it in the things of this earth and the things around you. You see, it means now that it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. I'm hidden in Christ. My identity has relocated from earth to heaven. And let me tell you, identity in earth is insecure. It's not safe. It's going to let you down. Identity with Christ in heaven is secure, is safe, and it won't let you down. Start thinking that way. To be hidden in Christ is a firm source of security for us. You see, my address, and I'm going to say this point because I really enjoyed writing it down. My address is no longer 79 Emily's Place, Emily's Ideas Street, Emily's Opinions Town, Emily's Mindsets County, Emily's Words Country, Emily's Behaviors World. No. Now my life is hidden in Christ. It is now 79 Jesus's Place, Jesus's Ideas Street, Jesus's Opinions Town, Jesus's Mindset Country, Jesus's Words County, Jesus's Behaviors World. That is now who you are and where your life is hidden. Stop trying to hide it in the world. Stop trying to hide it in your old self. Why are we doing that? We've been given a new thing that's so much better for you. Stop hiding in the old way of life. Last one. <laughs> You've been revivified. You've been relocated. And then in verse 4, it says this uh, thing where it says, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Can I tell you, when your identity is a saint, you have been reserved. Because you're now a saint, you've been reserved for an even greater day. There is a greater day ahead that you have been reserved for as a saint of God than anything you will experience on this earth. Your identity is reserved to bring full glory to Jesus when he appears again. To me, that's the most exciting part of my identity. Not what I can get out of it, not what I can gain, 
not what it means for me, but what it means someday for bringing glory to Jesus. Someday we will rise with every other saint of God. It's going to be stunning. We will rise with every other saint of God and we will be, it says it, it's not just a bit of glory. You're not just going to shine dimly. It says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, and you also will appear with him in glory, with Jesus. When Jesus comes in his glory, there you will appear with him to give glory to him. Your identity, now you are a saint, has been reserved for an even greater day. So can I encourage you, when you have days when you feel like you're under attack, when you have days when you feel down, when you have days when you're doubting yourself, when you have days where you feel not valued, remember you have been reserved for an even greater day. That in that moment, none of this time on earth, none of the pains of earth, you will be able to comprehend. None of it will make a difference in that moment. There is a greater day ahead reserved for you because you have the identity of a saint. Regardless of what happens here, you've been reserved for an eternal purpose. Can we start thinking that way? Remember what I mentioned about that being, that's the bit that's a bit mysterious because it's nothing like I can grab. It's not, it's a bit unknown. Bible doesn't have all the answers laid out in a one, two, three, four, five, this is what's exactly going to happen. We don't know exactly what that will look like. But I trust it because Christ said it. And it will change your life and it will change your attitude. It will change how you see yourself if you remind yourself that you are attached to eternity because your identity is a saint. It will put a perspective on your life. It will put a perspective on your life. So to know your identity as a saint is enough for you to be secure. Always remember that you've been revivified. Come on, that's got to be a word you're just going to yell at yourself in the mirror. You've been revivified, you've been relocated, and you've been reserved. Can you say those three? You've been, you've been, you've been, come on, say it again. You've been, you've been, you've been, come on, come on. Why don't you close your eyes and I'll just pray over us. Jesus, I thank you with every single fiber of my being that you did what you did so that I could have the identity as saint. May I never in my life take it for granted. May I never disregard it as not being good enough for me to feel secure. May I always, always, always find my security as my identity as a saint. Lord Jesus, I pray for every person in this room. They would stop living as if they're their old self. They would stop it. I pray away in the name of Jesus, any attachment to old self right now in this room, any attachment, any barrier, any stone that is in the way of you walking out as a saint, I say is removed in the name of Jesus. And I declare that we will live, we will live as revivified saints of God. We will live as relocated saints of God. And we will live as reserved saints of God, secure in our identity, not needing affirmation from the world, 
not, not thinking that that isn't enough. We will be secure and we will find our security in being a saint of God. We adore you, Jesus. Thank you that you gave us this identity. And we, we say we will do our utmost to not let anything infiltrate the ranks and take that security away from us. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given us a new self, a new way, a new identity. We give all this time to you, Jesus. It is all for you. We love you. We adore you.